Hey, everybody, it's Doug. And this is Renee. And welcome to our podcast, Doug and Renee, Married Married Life. Life. Welcome back to our podcast, Doug and Renee, Married Married Life. Life. Oh, we got it right this week. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's going to be a great podcast. Um, (laughs) We just want to pick up where we left off um, after podcast episode number three. We're still talking about communication. Yes. Because that is... um, not the foundation of marriage. I would want to say it's pretty. It's a pillar of marriage. It's definitely an important piece, yeah. and that's why we started off. We felt like the Lord told us to start off with uh, communication because marriage is that is a um, a struggle for some, and so we just want to give you some practical tips and experiences that we had from our marriage. So this week we are. Uh, just going to talk about sharing some things. We're going to share some, what do you call them, objectives? So, yeah, we have a few objectives that we want to cover during this session. And you just mentioned one, sharing some of our experiences uh, to help couples learn from some of the mistakes and missteps that we made. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also want to help couples uh, communicate more effectively because we certainly always communicate, but the key mm-hmm. is to have effective good communication. Uh, So those are the things that we want to talk about and cover uh, this week. Because during this time, we're still um, under quarantine, for lack of a better phrase or term. Yes. In our area where we live in the country. And so we want to make sure that you and your husband or you and your spouse are able to communicate effectively during this time where you know, you're in the house together. Yeah, you're probably spending more time together than you normally did. Yeah. <clears throat> so we just want to make sure that you have some effective tools. Um, one of the things that I want to um, go back about last week was when we talked about um, Ephesians 3, 16 and 21. Again, I'm not going to read it, but we talked about power and the power to change um God gives you this power and there really is no, I'm going to say valid excuse, valid reason that you cannot change if you want to change. Right. You know, the thing is, the key is you have to want to change. And so. And, And the wonderful thing is about the word of God is that God gives us instructions, mm -hmm. directions, on how to change, but the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He gives us the free will to change. God's mm-hmm. not going to make us change. We yeah. have to want to change. I have to love you enough to want to change, to meet your need. And I'm not going to um, uh, delve off into a different topic because we're staying on communication. But as far as the husband's concerned, in the in the biblical way of marriage, my job is to meet your need. That's, and I'm not going to, you know, make that right turn and go there, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not, but that that's part of biblical definition of marriage. So Ephesians 3, 16 through 21, um, through those, through those verses, it, the word power is mentioned three times in the NIV version and it all stems from the word. Um, that's where we get the uh, word dynamite. And so you have, God has given you the ability to change yourself if you want to change. 
And it's not this is the way I was born. This is the way I was raised. This is how I was raised. You can use all those excuses, but that's pretty much what they are. They are excuses. And um, Proverbs 18 and 21, it talks about death and life and the power of the tongue. And one of the things we did when we um, first got married, and again, we were not saved when we got married. You know, we definitely weren't saved. But I used to always tell Renee, you know, we're not getting a a divorce. I used to always tell you that we ain't getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get any better than this, and it and it's not like. And I we, was thinking that devil is a liar. Talk about it don't get any oh better than my this. Goodness. It's not like we had a lot of money or any money. <laughs> but I would tell her like, oh, it doesn't get any better than this, and we're not getting. And a that divorce. was during trials and tribulations. Yeah. So that's why I was not in agreement with that. I believed it was going to get better. Yeah. It had to get better. Yeah. But if we weren't getting a divorce, it had to get better. Yeah. But our thing was, we're not getting a divorce. I always said that. And again, wasn't saved, didn't know the word, but the biblical principle still worked. Yes. And 30, coming up on 33 years. Yes. In July. You to know, God so be the glory. To God be the glory. So it, the, the principle will work if you work it, but you just have to want to work it. And um, for Proverbs 18 and 21, the Message Bible it talks about words kill, words give life. Their eyes are they're either poison or fruit. You choose. And so um, it's totally up to you. You have the choice. God gave you. Um, the God God has given you, like you said, a will. Yes. So you want to a change. Free, will. free yes. will to want to change. And if you really love your spouse the way you said you did at the altar when everybody was there and you got all dressed up. Everybody was in tuxedos and gowns and, you know, you had the doves and the little girl with the flower girl and the little boy was the ring man and all this other stuff. Or in our case, it was the judge and a witness that we just grabbed in the hallway, <laughs> in the hallway. At, at the justice of the peace or at the courthouse. Yep. That's where we got married. The main person that was there that you said I do in front of is God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the main person. You committed to God that you I said, I am going to, for the rest of my life, whatever marriage entails, whatever I'm supposed to do as a wife, whatever I'm supposed to do and be as a husband, I'm going to do that. That's what you said I do, too. I didn't know. <laughs> we didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. God knew, though. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know. Praise God. So last week we left off with some guidelines and we, we want to give you a few more. Uh, the, f- the first one we want to revisit is do not become involved in quarrels. It's impossible to disagree. It is, excuse me, possible to disagree without being disagreeable. Yeah. So you're two different people. So it's inevitable that you're going to not always be like your spouse or think like your spouse or respond like your spouse. That's what makes marriage so beautiful Mm -hmm. Two different people with unique personalities. And in fact, that's probably one of the things that attracted you to your spouse, Mm -hmm. that they were different. They were stronger than you in certain areas or they had more energy or they were more outgoing. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's important to even celebrate those differences when you having a conversation. It's okay to disagree, but then how you go about disagreeing 
is important. You don't want to be involved in quarrels. You don't want to respond in anger. You want to use a soft and a kind response. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's important to just think about those things when you're having a conversation with your spouse. You don't want to get involved in a quarrel because, again, in most cases, once it becomes quarrelsome, and I'm going to speak to the ladies now because a lot of times we have a tendency to get more passionate in our conversations and um, <laughs> and sound like we're quar- quarreling. Uh, so we need to be mindful of that. Uh, we talked about last week our tone. So we want to make sure that our tone does not come across as argumentative. We want to say in a nice way, I'm not sure I agree with that or I don't agree with that. Can we discuss it? So you want to say it in such a way that's loving and kind and not quarrelsome. And you, you're not always going to. You're not going to hit the mark every time. It's, we don't hit it every time. You're not going to hit it every time. But the fact of the matter is just because you disagree, that doesn't mean you have to, let's just use 21st century um, speak. You don't have to argue. And I can't tell you, and I'm, I'm being perfectly honest in this statement, I don't know when was the last time we had an argument. I mean, I know when we haven't, I know we haven't disagreed we had a disagreement you know, yesterday, last week, but as far as an argument, I can't tell you the last time we've actually had an argument. Yeah. It had to, I don't know, 20 years ago or something. That's um, true, because the reality of it is mm-hmm. when we have arguments or they get nowhere. Yeah. They get nowhere. It's two people only hearing their point of view. Mm-hmm. They're not hearing the other person's side. They're not respecting the other person's side. And then you end up having to have that same conversation again because nobody heard the other person. No one listened to the other person or respected the other person's opinion. Mm -hmm. We also talked about when you're wrong, admit it and ask for forgiveness. Um, That's pretty self-explanatory. Just (laughs) just man up, woman up. Woman up, yes. Hey, I messed up. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. And the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit will convict you. You know when you weren't right. You know when you have um, missed it. Mm -hmm. And I think when two people love one another, you should feel comfortable enough with your spouse to be able to go to them and say, hey, I missed the mark. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other person should be able to receive that apology. And I, from my personal perspective, I don't know if you remember this, but this was, we were still living in Texas. And this was after I had attempted to start my own business and failed. And I sat you, Dre, and Aunt down. They were our sons. Um, and I, I had to repent to God in front of you guys and tell you guys I missed it. I messed up. I started a business. I used our money, not wisely. And um, it was just a humbling experience for me to admit I was wrong. And anybody who knows me knows that's a humbling experience for me. Is Yes. <laughs> to, to say I'm I wrong. I will co-sign with you on that <laughs> remark. <laughs> to admit I'm wrong. So I, I still remember the house we had in uh, Lancaster, Texas. We was all sitting down in the living room floor. And I was just like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I messed up. 
and some kind of way, you know, you got me a job at your company and, you know, we got our finances back together, but I, I missed it. I messed up. And, you know, I was so focused on what I thought I should be doing that, you know, I just got blinded. And so there's nothing wrong with saying you're wrong. And you know what? That brings me to our next guideline, avoid nagging. And I'm going to say this one because I'm going to speak on on behalf of all of the women, because oftentimes we are seen as naggers when we constantly remind our spouses to do something that we ask them to do, or did you remember to take out the trash? Can you get my car taken care of? Can you do this? And when they don't (laughs) do it right away, and we keep repeating ourselves, that comes across as nagging. Mm -hmm. And when Doug came to me and said that, you know, he missed the mark, you know, he apologized to the family. If my memory serves me correctly, I never brought it up again. I never said to him, you remember when you started that business and you remember when and you missed it and we were in it together. Mm -hmm. That is imperative to know that you are on the same team. Mm -hmm. So nagging accomplishes absolutely nothing. Now, this is something I'm going to throw myself under the bus and I'm going to be a little bit transparent here. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. To kind of um, go along with the whole nagging. So what I've done, because I know I've come across as a nagger. Not you. So not me, right? Not anymore. I've been delivered. But I'm still learning because what I started doing now is still not the best option. But instead of nagging, if I ask Douglas to do something and he doesn't do it as fast as I think he should, or when I think he should, I'll end up doing it. Mm -hmm. And that is not the right way to go about Mm -hmm. it. And my husband and I have had very uh, passionate, or I should say, discussions about me uh, doing that. And so it's made me more aware of the fact that I do that. And we need to be patient, ladies. Mm -hmm. We need to um, pray Mm -hmm. and fast (laughs) and Mm -hmm. wait and be patient and just trust God is working on our spouses. So when I ask Doug to do something, if he doesn't do it when I think he should do it, because that's the whole problem, I think Mm -hmm. it should be done a certain time. If I see, you know, say that envelope still sitting on the counter, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to bite my tongue and I'm going to leave that envelope sitting right there. So we have to learn not to nag and not to overstep our boundaries. So you know what? And what that does is when you ask me to do something and I don't do it in the time frame, you don't want it. You don't. You think I should have done it. Whatever it is, <clears throat> if I don't do it within that time frame and you go and do it, what that does, that just trains me. And that that's all mm-hmm. that's all you're doing is training me. Well, if I don't do it in X amount of time, you're going to wind up doing it anyway. And so a lot of women out there, a lot of wives out there, you're actually training your husband that if you don't do it within 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it is. If he doesn't do it within that time frame, you're going to wind up doing it. So that just becomes your pattern. You, mm-hmm. you know, you're just training each other. And so one of the things I had to tell Renee was give me a time frame. When do you want this done by? Mm -hmm. You want this done an hour, a day, whatever it is. 
because that's how my mind works. That's how I process things. I'm like, just give me a time frame. If you need it done in an hour, okay, I got you. Even if I wait till minute 59, I'll have it done within an hour mm-hmm. and, or I'm working on it. Yes. Sometimes way way forget, to help the fellas out. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you forget, but that's that's what works for me is, you know, just give me a, a time that when you want it done by. Because if you just ask me to do something, I'll be like, yeah, I'll get it done. You ain't you ain't say when. So just give me a time. Anything else? Uh, the next thing we wanted to talk about is do not blame or criticize the other, but restore them encourage them and edify them. So again, going back to the story of the business, uh, we'll just use that one as our example. I didn't blame Douglas. I didn't criticize him. When he came to us, I said, okay, I'll look at my company and see if they're hiring. And to God be the glory, he was able to get a, a job position, which ended up being an opportunity, a job, position. A job well, excuse me, <laughs> a job position. he was able to get a job, a position <laughs> at the company, and it ended up being an opportunity for us to uh, use to relocate uh, where we uh, reside today in Maryland. So again, it's important. You don't want to blame the other person. You don't want to criticize them. That's not our job. The enemy does enough of that. Mm-hmm. We are not our spouse's mm-hmm. enemy. I can't say that enough. We are on the same team. So by criticizing our spouse or blaming them for something, it does us no good. The mm-hmm. best thing to do is to have a resolution, mm-hmm. have a, a let it be an opportunity to discuss how you could turn whatever the situation is into a win. Yeah. And one of the things we learned is once the issue has been resolved, um, it's been resolved. Mm-hmm. We don't go back and we don't bring it back up and criticize the other person. Well, if you would have did this and you did that, no, we're in it together. Once we make a decision, like you said, it's our decision, you know, so you can, Going back and criticizing, bringing up old issues, we've all missed it. We've all made mistakes. We've all said something that we wish we had not have said. Because when the words are leaving our mouth, we're like, man, I wish I could take that back. But once (laughs) (laughs) once those words have left your tongue, your lips, you cannot take them back. So going back and saying, well, if you didn't do this, and then your spouse is going to say, well, I only did this because you did that. And before you know it, you're going to be in a worse shape than you were originally. Yes. So and and words, help. words can wound a person. Mm-hmm. I don't subscribe to that old nursery rhyme, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. Yeah. Words can kill. Yeah. And sometimes it's really hard. Those things could be rooted in you and cause more problems in your relationship mm-hmm. than than they need to. Yeah. It can cause damage. Um, and some marriages have failed because of words. And also, if someone verbally attacks, uh, criticizes or blames you, do not respond in the same manner. And I think it's in the Bible where it talks about a soft answer. Yes. Um, something of another. Turns away wrath. There you go. Mm-hmm. CBI. That's and why grievous, grievous words stir up strife. Yep. So soft answer. You don't have to. You don't have to go there. Uh, it takes two people to argue, and I think there's. We were talking to some couple about how they 
deal with disagreements. And one person said, I forgot who it was. And even if I remembered, I wouldn't say it on this podcast without their permission. Okay. But, Good. <laughs> but they said um, the other person was like, my wife or my husband will start praying when I'm trying to argue with them. And it's like, well, you really can't, you know, argue with a person if they're praying. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, these are things that I've heard that, I mean, I'm pretty sure it works. You know, just start praying. And they you can't argue with somebody if they're pray, praying. They're calling on Jesus. You, you can't argue with that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's that's one of the things you can do is just basically don't go there. You know, if your spouse is on 10, don't go, you know, don't meet them there. You know, just nice, soft answer, and eventually they will calm down, eventually. Yeah. It's important to try to understand the other person's opinion. Even though you're different, we talked about understanding your spouse's love language and understanding your spouse's personality type. Try to put yourself in that your your spouse's shoes. Uh, make allowances for the differences. I like to call it celebrating the differences. Again, that's probably one of the reasons why you were attracted to your mm-hmm. spouse is that they were they're different than you. Who wants to marry themselves, right? Uh, be concerned about their interests. Sometimes it's not about understanding; it's about being concerned about their difference because you love them. Mm -hmm. And again, y'all are on the same team. Y'all have the same uh, goal. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we found out is that people, you know, you get married because you're different or you fall in love because you're different. And then once you get married, it's like you forget you're different. You know, one's an extrovert. Other person is probably an introvert. So you want to go out, and the other person does it. Like you, you knew that before you got married. You was just like, "Hey, let's just stay in the house and cuddle up." And you thought that was so cute. Oh, he just want to stay in the house. But after you know, you've been married for a while. It's like, why are we always in the house? <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> why are we always in the house? We can't go anywhere. Can we go somewhere? Yeah, go somewhere. And so that's that's you got to understand your differences. I don't know who said this. I know I wasn't the first person to say it, but if you're both the same, then one of you isn't needed. Mm, mm, you know what I mean? That's good. That's you know, good. you got to bring differences and you got to celebrate your differences. There's going to yes. be differences of opinion. And for me personally, because I'm always right, you know, <laughs> I had a hard time, you know. We about to have one of those passionate discussions, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> well, let me let me rephrase. I always thought I was right. I always did. And I'm like, no, I'm right. I know I'm right. And you can't tell me anything other. I know I'm right. But let me help you out, fellas. God speaks to your wife, too. Let me help you out, ladies. Your husband is the head of the house, and he has the ultimate decision. He, You can give your opinion. You can give your suggestions. You can even say you feel that the Lord is leading. But at the end of the day, he has the final say. Wow. That's a lot of responsibility. That's, that's, I don't know when we'll get into those subjects, but at some point in our podcast, we'll get into, you know, roles and responsibilities. And that's an awesome responsibility of the husband. 
And so that should just make you want to pray and stay in the Lord's presence. Because yes. when you realize we have the ultimate um, responsibility, the ultimate, hey, final decision, it's like you don't want to miss it. Right. That's right. just things you don't want to miss. Which is why uh, wives need to bombard heaven on behalf of our husbands because mm-hmm. they have that ultimate responsibility on their shoulders. And we'll certainly have a podcast where we talk about the power of prayer in marriage mm-hmm. and the power of agreement in marriage. Oh, agreement. So let's just, you want to talk about body language? Because when we talk about agreement, because you could say, you can say we're in agreement, but if your body language is saying the exact opposite, then I don't know if we're really in agreement. You know, That's true. Your arms are folded and you know, your lips. Yeah. You know how y'all do? You know do? that sister girl look. <laughs> we could turn our neck to the side and poke our lips out. We hearing what you're saying and we thinking to ourselves, huh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Are we really in agreement or, or what? So, yeah. So body language is another form of communication. And so we need to make sure some of us, we wear our emotions on our face. We don't even have to say a word, Mm. but we could be saying volumes Mm. just with the looks that we give, Mm. the body language, like you just said, crossing your arms, pursing your lips, putting that neck to the side, looking in a different direction, rolling our eyes, yeah. or if our spouse asks us to do something, you know, we kind of walk away with an attitude, and that's not of God. Or well, even if we're just not paying attention, if you don't give mm-hmm. your spouse that's a good one, um, their undivided attention when they're talking to you, then that's body language that tells them you're not as important as whatever's on TV or whatever I'm listening to. You know, or looking at on the phone. Yeah. Because that could be a big distraction yeah. these days. So your body language. I, I had to learn and I'm still learning that when my wife says she wants to talk, I used to just put the TV on mute, but now I just turn it off. Um, yes. I, it, it, again, this goes back to Ephesians. When we first started out, it's like you have the power. God's given you the power. If you want to change, you can change. And so if Renee's, Renee comes to me and she says, hey, I want to talk about X, Y, Z, then God willing, I will turn the TV off. I am <laughs> God not, willing. <laughs> I'm not saying I get it right all the time, <laughs> but I try my best. Yeah. And I try to be mindful. We talked about this last week about timing. I know that my husband loves to watch PTI for you gentlemen out there. You probably know what that means. Pardon the interruption. And it used to bother me. And I used to think I am number one. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I would think to myself, pardon the interruption, dear, but I have something I want to say to you right now. But that was his pastime. That was something he liked to sit and watch. He loves sports. And so I respected the fact that I am not going to get his undivided attention during PTI. So I would not bother him unless it was absolutely necessary during that time. Yep. And it's only a half an hour show. And (laughs) and the thing is, I realized while God's dealing with her with her, he's also dealing with me. If Renee comes to me during that time frame, that time frame, then I know it's something important. You know what I mean? So it's not as if 
from that time frame, I just check out and it's like, don't bother me. Don't say anything. But if she comes to me during that time frame, then I'm like, okay, this is important. And you know what? It's it's a sports topic. I used to tell my my children this all the time when they were younger. There's another there's always another sale. I know we're not talking about clothing items, but there's always another store. There's always another sale. And with sports, there's always another whatever. You know, somebody's gonna get traded, somebody's gonna get cut. Okay, I'm not gonna get in sports. But anyway. Thank you. <laughs> all right, all right. So um those are just some of the uh things that we've learned over the years. And so one of the things um with the, our podcast is we always wanted to we always want to be transparent. Yes. And give you practical tips that we've learned throughout the years and hopefully um, for whatever reason, we went through these things. Now we know we can share them with you. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you don't have to go through what we went through. Yes. Hashtag this is us. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the some of the worst pains or the self some of the worst wounds, excuse me, are the self-inflicted wounds. And, you know, those are things you brought on yourself for whatever reason. And the one thing I could think of off the top of my head, top of my head, is flowers. Flowers. Oh Lord, help us with the flowers. And so I don't know how many years ago this was. Um, um it was probably early on when we first lived here. So it was probably, I wanna say eighteen. 20. This has been years. Did we go yeah, back? Moved, we lived, moved here 20 years ago. So okay. it's about 19 or so years ago. All right. So 19 so years ago. So we want to share with you some missteps and some miscues. Because yes. sometimes we could send the wrong communication to our spouse. We want to share this story with you to use um, and you can replace it with a story that means more to you or... Is more applicable to you. I want to use a big word. You can extrapolate from it what you Ooh. can. All right, just, Webster. I just feel smart right now. Okay, Webster. <laughs> <laughs> Let's break down this flower story to them. All right. So uh, backdrop. Before I even get to the story, here's the backdrop. We used to have these meetings at church and these men's meetings. And um, I guess Pastor Brown, he had said, he told us a story about how he went and bought his wife some flowers at her job. <clears throat> okay. So, Doug, I said, okay, so I'm going to um, get dressed up. And my, I wouldn't say it was Sunday best, but I got dressed up. And I came down to the job, and I brought Renee some flowers. Okay. And I did not get the response I thought I was going to get. Now this happened on this was the first time. I came came up to the job, mm-hmm. you know, brought you some flowers. And I didn't get the response I thought I was gonna get. The next time, I think was the um I had flowers sent to you to your job. Yes. And yes. you know, you hear the advertisement, it was probably Valentine's Day, and you hear the advertisement on the radio. And, you know, hey, yeah, I'll do it. And they sent flowers up to the job. And I did not get the response I thought I was going to get. 
And everybody in podcast land is thinking, well, what was the response? (laughs) (laughs) And I will tell you, if I remember correctly, it wasn't the response you got, more so the lack of response that you got initially until we had a conversation about Mm -hmm. it. Initially, um, I wasn't, you know, flabbergasted or... You know, ooh, falling into his arms and tell the truth for shame. You know, ooh, sweetie, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Mm -mm. Um, I think we have to get out of our own way sometimes, as you were saying. I had this image in my head of what I wanted my flowers to look like, Mm -hmm. and when I got flowers and they didn't look like that, again, body language. My initial reaction, the look on my face was not that of happiness. Mm -hmm. It was that of, um, Mm -hmm. tell the truth. What, where did you get these things (laughs) from? Did you pick them from somebody's garden? I was balling on the budget. Hashtag balling on the budget. (laughs) So instead of, um, being thankful that my husband was thinking about me and went to the store and got me some flowers. Yep. My thought was, where's my baby's breath? Where's, <laughs> where's uh, my roses are not uh, budding evenly or, you know, things of that nature. And it was a learning experience for me. One, not to be so as people like the, um, and again, just being transparent here, being so bougie mm-hmm. and thinking that I was supposed to have these hundred dollar roses or flowers from FTD with every perfect stem and every perfect bloom Mm -hmm. and every flower. And it sent a message to Douglas, Mm -hmm. unbeknownst to me, that, oh, she doesn't want flowers at all. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so for Uh, There was a couple of other occasions I got some flowers, but over the years that kind of dwindled down. My response sent him the message that, okay, she just doesn't want flowers. And that was not what I was trying to communicate to him at all. I was trying to be very specific about the type of flowers I wanted, where I wanted them to come from, how I wanted them to look. (laughs) And I learned over the years, I was thinking... I haven't gotten any flowers. What's up with that? I'd see other people get flowers or people post, oh, their spouse gave them flowers for Valentine's Day or their birthday or their anniversary. And um, I was getting pretty salty, y'all. I was like, (laughs) where's my flowers? A sister loves some flowers. And and I'm thinking, you don't want no flowers, man. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So we ended up having to have a conversation about it. And I had to apologize and tell him how sorry I was for sending that message and not appreciating the time, the energy, the effort, and the thoughtfulness that he put into bringing me flowers. And so I had to tell him, I don't mind store-bought flowers. I don't mind flowers. Mm. I don't mind you sending me flowers. I miss getting flowers. Only do it. (laughs) (laughs) And so that was one of our missteps and miscues. And it was important for me to humbly say, okay, either you're going to get flowers 
or you're not going to get any flowers. Stop being choosy. Be thankful that your husband loves you enough and thinks about you enough. And so recently this year, he surprised me and it left a lasting impression before COVID when I was still at work at the gym. He came and surprised me and brought me some flowers mm-hmm. in front of me, training my client Everybody in front of the I other was trainers. A <laughs> I was like, no, that's my babe. <laughs> that's my boo, my baby's daddy. I'm walking through the gym with flowers. Everybody think I'm the delivery guy. <laughs> no, and so it made me feel so special, ladies. So you never ever want to make your spouse, your husband, not be appreciated in the effort and the thoughtfulness that they put into something, even if it is not in your mind what it should look like. I thank God for my husband being thoughtful enough to give me flowers again, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, one of the things, and while Renee was talking, you know, this, this happened years ago and, and they like you said, this was year nine about nineteen. Nineteen years ago. So that would have been like year fifteen or fourteen of marriage. Right? Somewhere around there. And I don't want to get confused, but around nineteen years ago. And then realistically, I didn't buy Renee flowers for years. 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 And here's here's the communication aspect of this. I never communicated to Renee how her words hurt me. Mm. I never said a word. I was just like, all right. You know, we, in my mind, I'm thinking we weren't at that level where financially speaking, where I could just go get the type of flowers that she wanted. So we weren't there. So I'm thinking I'm doing the best I can with what I have and you're not appreciating what I'm doing. So I won't do anything, but I never articulated that to my wife. And so be careful when you don't communicate, because when you're not speaking to your spouse, rest assured, the enemy is. Mm -hmm. And so the message I was getting from him not saying anything is that he doesn't care. He doesn't love you. He doesn't respect your the things that you enjoy and the things that you like, because Really and truly, I love getting flowers. Years ago, my love language used to be getting gifts. And one of the things I loved to get was flowers. Mm -hmm. And when he didn't give me flowers, that sent a different message to me. I didn't know that my words or the lack of uh, enthusiasm or appreciation sent a message to him that said, I didn't want flowers. So when I didn't get those flowers, the enemy was saying, oh, he don't love you. He don't care. Look, so-and-so getting flowers. They got flowers and you don't get flowers. Doug must not care about you. Doug cared. Yes. Yes. But in Doug's own way, because in my mind, I'm never wrong. And <laughs> especially back then, I was like, I'm never wrong. Like She don't want flowers. It. She don't want flowers. Mm-hmm. You know. You're going to complain about, you don't get flowers. And so that went over, I'm literally 15 years. I'm not make. I'm not exaggerating. A 15 year period. And I never said anything to my wife um, who's been with me through thick and thin and um, been there with me every time, you know, we're always together. Never said anything to her about it. And 
it's not fair to your spouse for you to hold something in and not articulate to them the way you feel. Because even though we've been married coming up on 33 years, and we joke around about this, but the truth of the matter is I cannot read Renee's mind, and she, nor can she read mine. There are certain things where I can look on her face and say, oh, I, I can tell what you're thinking, but I'm not a mind reader. And your spouse is not a mind reader. So if you don't um, tell your spouse or articulate to your spouse in a nice, uh, sincere, kind, loving loving manner, that, hey, what you said hurt me, or hey, what you said you know, I maybe I didn't really hear what I thought I heard. <laughs> Excuse me. And that's something you definitely should have a conversation because I know I'm not the only person out there. I know we're not the only people. Maybe it wasn't flowers in your instance or mm-hmm. no, but something happened where there was just a, a miscommunication. miscommunication. Mm-hmm. And instead of you all talking about it and sitting down and hashing it out, somebody decided to sweep it under the rug. And in Renee's case, in my case, I swept it under the rug. I'm like, yeah, it's over with. I'll go on. But it wasn't fair to my wife. Definitely wasn't fair to her. And that's why it's so important to communicate with your spouse about any and everything. And it may not be ideal to say it at the time that you're angry or you're upset about it or you're really hurt about it, but go and pray to God about it and then have a conversation with your spouse. Ask the Lord and the Holy Spirit to lead your words, to lead your conversation with your spouse so that they'll be receptive to what you're, what you're saying to them. And some people are saying, I, I hear this way out in podcast land. When you're going to get off communication, we having a real issue. We we dealing with, I don't know, sex, whatever. And that, that's right here. We dealing with sex. Well, I hate to say this, but sex really isn't the issue. It's communication. It's communication. About sex. Uh, yeah. And I, I, trust me, trust me, bro. When the first time I heard that, I was like, nah, sex is the issue. No. Sex is not the issue. It's communication. Trust me. Um, <laughs> you won't believe it till you go through it. But there are certain things. Yeah, communication. Communication is going to be the foundation, bedrock, pillar, whatever you want to call it, of your marriage. And so when you communicate and you have effective communication within your marriage, all these other things will fall in line, whether it's finances, children, whatever it may be. And so... We want to thank you for yes. joining us thank on you so much. this week's podcast. And we really do appreciate it. Hopefully, you know, you've learned something from us and our um, being transparent and us being transparent and letting you see the inner workings of our marriage. And hopefully, you know, go get your wife some flowers. <laughs> or whatever it is she likes. She may not be a flower yeah, person. She may not be flower So flower you might want to ask. That might be a good conversation yeah. to have. What is it do you like? Yeah. Maybe they not even prefer not to have mm-hmm. gifts. Maybe they're a quality time person like you, and they just want you to sit down, turn the TV off, and have their undivided attention. Yeah. Or and, have your undivided attention. And you know what I heard when you said, you know, ask your spouse what is it they like. If your spouse comes to you and says, what is it that you like? Your response should not be, you should know. 
Right. You should know what I like. No, that's why I'm asking you because I don't know. Yes. So if I care enough about you and I say I do care enough about you to ask you what do you like, then, hey, tell the person what they like and, and you know, put it in your phone. Put, put a little calendar thing in your phone. Next week, send wife, whatever, you mm-hmm. know. Next week, do whatever. We're probably still going to be in the house next week anyway. We ain't going back to work. So <coughs> so let's, you know, let's make this time a fun time because we're all in the house together. We're all in this COVID-19 thing together. And we just want to strengthen marriages. And edify marriages. Edify marriages and build you up. Well, that's what edify means. So I just said the same thing a different way. But... <laughs> But we love you all. Thank you for sharing and listening to us. And hopefully we said something that uh, encourages you. And just we just love you all. And we just want to thank God for dropping this idea of having a podcast in our spirit. This isn't something that we neither one of us thought we would ever be doing for various reasons. And we just thank God for just giving us this idea. So before we leave, um, we want to have a word of prayer because my wife brought that my attention. We haven't prayed yet on these podcasts. So we want to pray and Lord bless them in Jesus name. Amen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and do something for me too. Now, seriously, um, uh, let's all hearts and mind. We're just going to say a quick prayer and then we'll uh, dismiss. Uh, do you dismiss from a podcast? We're going to conclude for this okay. week. All right, there we go. There we go. So, Father God, we just come before you in the name of thank Jesus. You, Jesus. We thank you for this opportunity to share. We thank you for this opportunity to edify your body. And so we pray that something we said during this yes, last God. podcast or during these podcasts helped marriages, whether single or married, we just heard pray that it helped your people. Yes. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We do not take it lightly. We pray that this seed falls on good ground and that it will accomplish that which you set it out to do. We don't want to take credit for anything. We want to make sure you get all the glory and honor. Your word says, if you be lifted up, you'll draw all men unto you. So we just lift you up, Father. Yes, God. We don't care if people don't remember our name, but as long as they know, remember the name of Jesus, at, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess. And so we thank you that you are Lord. Thank you. You are Lord of all, above all, and everything. Under it, you are Lord of everything. So we thank you. We give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you and be blessed. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Tell your real friends and your virtual friends about us. We hope something that we said encouraged you, strengthened, and blessed you. You can follow us on Instagram at Doug and Renee. Again, our Instagram page is Doug and Renee. Also, feel free to send us a DM so that you could send us any questions that you may have or topics you'd like to hear us discuss. You may just hear it on one of our upcoming podcasts. We'd like to thank our supporters. And if you'd like to support our ministry, you can cash app us at dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, that cash app is dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, thank you and God bless you. We're out.